All right, so bonus round. Let's talk about art direction. Let's talk about, one, let's talk about what that means because I feel like there's a lot of people who are similar to me because I didn't even know what this meant not that long ago. I was like, what is that? Like, you're directing art? I don't understand what that means. So, like, help me understand, help everybody else understand what that is and then give me some of your best tips and tricks and advice on it. Okay. So, um, my recent, my new board game that's coming out is called Ray Guns and Rocket Ships. Uh, and it's a 1930s theme science fiction action game. It's like a skirmish game, uh, a little bit like, um, uh, it, it's your, the players are in a, a rocket ship and they're flying around, but they're also, there's kind of an internal view of the ship. And so you have little guys running around doing things and they can jump out into space and fight each other. It's a lot of, it's a lot of fun. Um, the, the the thing that was really important for me, though, was this 1930s science fiction theme. Now, it's really funny because as people look at it, uh, I've been reading comments uh, as more press releases have coming out. And they're like, oh, that's a really cool 1950s themed video uh, uh, board game. And I always go, oh, it's 1930s. And and so there's a there's a reason why I picked this 1930s. A, it's re- underrepresented. And this is the dawn of science fiction. This is Flash Gordon and Buck Rogers, all the things that inspired guys like George Lucas to make Star Wars. Um, and or if you've seen Sky Captain, that's another uh, movie that has very heavy 1930s influence. Uh, anyway, um, so when I was working with IDW. Uh, I was I was a bit of a um, uh, a little hard nosed about. I really want to make sure that this looks like a game from the 1930s. And so, for example, uh, I was working back and forth with some very talented artists. And uh, for example, a fellow was putting together the font for the card, and the font he was using was uh, what you would usually see in a science fiction type game. The problem was it was digital. It looked like digital text, right? If you know, like a computer printout, and and I went back to him and I said, you know, this is this is nice. The problem is it's completely off theme. Uh, it is not uh, 1930s. It is 1950s or 60s. And I went ahead and I showed him the difference between uh, print medium that was, you know, that's all there was back in 1930s, and digital output, which then started to come about in the 50s, 60s, et cetera, et cetera. Now. This is a this is why I'm telling this lengthy story is it leads to what the art director does. And the art director is the vision holder of the entire uh, scope of the game and all the elements within that. And no element within that game is too small for the art director to care about. Um, you have to be obsessed with minutia to be a good art director. You have to care about the color of things and you have to care about the um, shape of things and the feel of things and the text, the fonts and, and all that. And, and these are, um, these are all very important because the player picks up on these elements and sometimes they can even be things that help the player understand how to play the game better. Like for example, if you use um, in a rule book, let's say you're reading a rule book and you come across uh, something that's in bold, you'll start to learn very quickly that anytime you come across something for the first time, uh, it will be in bold or it will have a definition after it or something like that. Um, so these are, these are some of the things that the art director is thinking about and looking at and, and working with these graphic designers and illustrators and sculptors and things like that, uh, to help guide the overall look and feel of a game. And if it's not done correctly now, I don't. I don't mean to cast shade on any particular game, but there happens to be a, a, a recent game about 
Mars that some people have criticized that the art direction is a little uneven, that the fonts are uneven and the images are uneven. And I think that part of the reason why that game gets that criticism is it maybe it had somebody who wasn't as an experienced an art director working on the title. Yeah, for sure. And so what advice would you give somebody that's really trying to, maybe they're figuring this out for the first time, maybe they're wanting to do a Kickstarter, so they're kind of taking this on themselves and self-publishing. What advice or tips and tricks would you give them? Uh, research is imperative. Um, you have to start out, if you're the vision holder of the of the product, you need to know what everything is going to look like, and not just in your head, but you need to be able to put together at least examples or provide some sort of reference to the other people involved so they understand where you're coming from. When I first hooked up with IDW, I gave them a whole bunch of reference art and and I even pointed them towards movies to watch and books, covers to look at and magazine articles and, and things online for them. So just so they understand this universe that I was trying to create. And uh, it, it, there's a there's a in um, television and movies there is a and video games uh, there is a thing called a bible now it's it's you know it's essentially it is the bible for the product something that guides how things are supposed to look and feel a lot of times also has story elements so that way uh, when people are maybe uh, doing some artwork they can think about other story elements and go oh maybe I can allude to that in this artwork so it feels a little deeper than just um, uh, being strictly representative of what the game is trying to tell the player yeah I think this is a place where Pinterest can be super helpful. You know, Pinterest is not just for soccer moms. It could be super helpful in in saving things that you want to come back and and use for the art direction. Oh, yeah. I maintain that Google Images is one of the greatest creations of mankind in the 21st century. Uh, How we managed to function before Google Images, I have no idea. We did. We managed to do it. But it required a lot more time in bookstores and in libraries and looking through microfiche and, and other ancient mechanisms uh, and, and having w- um, what used to be called a morgue. Uh, a morgue is when you have a whole bunch of books, uh, reference books, and you're saying, oh, one day I'm going to need to know what a, this kind of submachine gun looks like. So I better have a book laying around with a picture of it because I, I never know when I'm going to need it. Now all I just need to know is the name of something uh, or not even. I can just come close. And I can find whatever I'm looking for. It's it's such an amazing um, uh, technical achievement. Yeah, we live in exciting times, and it's so much easier now to do this kind of stuff. Now, any other tips or tricks? Uh, yeah, there's also something called a um, uh, well. There's a, there's a bunch of terms that are used for it, but it's I've heard it called a color deck or a uh, a tone sheet or um, trying to think of what else. Pixar is kind of the one best known for. Um, for doing this trick, but essentially it's assigning colors to certain things in the game or in movies, it's assigning colors to um, certain segments in the film. So if you watch the Incredibles, for example, uh, there is an actual color palette that kind of moves through the whole movie uh, where certain characters are represented by certain colors uh, and certain emotions are represented by other colors and things like that. And if you ever look, uh, if you go do some research on uh, the Incredibles and this, this kind of color chart, uh, and, and really it's just blocks of color. It's saying, all right, we're going to start out blue and there's some orange and some red, and then we're going to move on to gray and then it's going to be red and, and pink and then whatever. It, it looks literally like color swatches laid end to end. But this is an interesting thing that, uh, board game designers can use to help guide, um, 
some color language into the way that we play the game. Now, for example, you might have uh, all the resource cards are blue. Like maybe they have kind of a blue tint to them. So that way when you see them – now, board games do this a lot actually. You know, backs of cards, right? Or, or you know, one deck is one particular color and another deck is a different color. Um, but you can even do that within um, the character designs. The, 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 there's a whole color theory uh, about character design that um, you can apply. Um, there's – don't this work has all been done for us this is the great news like movies and animation and and everyone else video games have done all this work already we just can benefit from their knowledge yeah there's so much research that's been done to let us know again we're back into player psychology people psychology of what colors bring out what emotions what red does to people in certain contexts and all that and so yeah just use that information use those re research studies and and for your art direction if, if you ever want to fall down a really fun rabbit hole, uh, do research on shape theory. Okay. Uh, how circles, squares, and triangles kind of influence how we think about things. Mm. There's been a ton of work on it, uh, and there's some really interesting – and particularly in the world of animation uses it probably better than anybody else. Um, I, there's a really great chart that kind of shows uh, Genie versus Aladdin versus um, um, the Vizier, uh, Jafar, and like how their shapes dictate their characters. Uh, and so these are all tricks, once again, that we can use as as game creators to help, like we were talking about in the in the main episode, manipulating the the players' emotions and feelings uh, to get them to start thinking about things in a certain way. Yeah, this is some awesome stuff. Uh, Scott, again, really appreciate you coming on the show. Good luck with your game. Good luck with everything uh, with everything you're working on right now. Thank you very much, Gabe. And uh, everyone, please check out Ray Guns and Rocket Ships. It's coming out now. Uh, and, uh, and I hope you all enjoy it. And, and I've had a really great time talking to you, Gabe. I really appreciate it. Keep up the great work. I love the show. Awesome. I appreciate that.